Hello, ladies, gentlemen, and non-binary friends. Welcome to Multicultural TV Talk, a Media Village podcast where we bring you exclusive interviews with talent and creatives from across entertainment, discovering their stories and how they're changing the face of stardom across media. As always, I am your host, Juan Ayala. Thank you so much for tuning in. Now let's get to talking. So today we are joined by a fantastic group of actors that you've seen across film and television for a special roundtable interview in honor of Asian American and Pacific Islander Heritage Month. With us today are Desmond Chiam from from Marvel Studios Falcon and the Winter Soldier and Prime Videos with Love, Max Huang from Warner Brothers Mortal Kombat, Sierra Kato from the HBO Max series The Sex Lives of College Girls, and Mike Cabellon from NBC's Mr. Mayor. Desmond, Max, Sierra, Mike, thank you all so much for being here. Yay, thanks for having us. Hello. Thank <laughs> you. Yes, sir. Thank you. Uh, so I'd love to start with this question. Uh, looking back at the history of the entertainment industry, would you say that now is the best time to be an Asian American actor? So far. <laughs> <laughs> so far. <laughs> yeah, I feel like we're on an incline, right? Like it's going up. <laughs> As each second passes, that becomes the new best time to be an Asian yeah. American actor. Yeah, yeah. There's no part in history where I'm like, I would have rather been alive then. Uh, but I also <laughs> hope that we're doing enough work that like it'll be better for the next generation, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, actually, same here, same here. I have to say, I feel very privileged to be living in this uh, day and age because, um, you know, with this whole, uh, let's call it Asian wave that has been going on, I just feel like I jumped right on that train and I feel very lucky to be to be happy um, to be here. So, yeah. And Sarah? Yeah. Yeah, I just think uh, hearing like from actors who have been working for a long time or started a, a while ago, just their stories compared to like what we get to do, I think is always like, oh, wow, thank you. <laughs> mm -hmm. I like to think that, you know, our achievements are our own, but sometimes it's like, oh yeah, I think they did a lot of work and we kind of get to benefit. <laughs> we definitely stand on the shoulders of giants. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's, um, it's fun to sort of take stock, like even just a couple of years ago, um, me and a few friends were talking and it was like, we were all on a text group and we were like, this is the only time that all of us have ever been working at the same time that we all have jobs. It was, which, which could never have happened before. Yeah, I, I've been uh, like in like writers meetings and stuff, been talking about how like there used to be no touch points for like Asian American genre films because we had kind of, um, you know, Joy Luck Club and then 30 years of drought and then we had Crazy Rich Asians. And even that was like, it's like pretty, uh, you know, like uh, genre agnostic. It's like, it's a rom-com. That's kind of it. But like just in the past couple of weeks, it's like, oh, Turning Red and Everything Everywhere All at Once and Uma. And it's like, I'm like, and, and those are great, but the, those are three, you know what I mean? Whereas like white people have like a hundred uh, examples of films they can point to. So it's, it's like, it's trending in the right direction. I'm really, really excited for um, like the future. It is wild that we freak out over three. Like coming up really excited about that, but yeah, it's a good point. Like relatively speaking. So I'd like to um, sort of uh, go back, dig into your guys' memories, and see if you can recall the earliest memory of a, a TV performance or film that made you feel represented for the first time. Gosh, it's it's tough because um, I think there's different uh, like levels of of identifying with representation. You know, it's like. Uh, like obviously as like a kid on the playground it like all I got was like Jackie Chan because there was only like one Asian in Hollywood and it's like you know that's that's close enough even though like I don't think I look anything like him you know what I mean but like to the other kids it's like that's the one point of representation that we have 
Um, and then like, I, I'm trying to think, I think the earliest like honest to God Filipino representation that I saw uh, was Joe Coy. And, and that's not, he's a stand-up comedian. You know what I mean? So it wasn't even in movies or TV. It was like my cousin playing me like, a clip on, you know, like LimeWire that we illegally download. That's like, listen, this guy's talking about like Filipino things. That's it, it, it's, and he, he plays shows, you know, people go to see him and it's like that, that felt crazy, but um, it took a really long time to see like really accurate. I think it was probably like Vince in crazy Rich, or um, sorry, uh, crazy ex-girlfriend where it was like, Oh my God, there's like a Filipino family on TV, you know? And that was like mm -hmm. when I was an adult. So it wasn't even like my childhood, you know what I mean? It was like, not that long ago. And uh, Sierra, what about you? Oh yeah, I remember feeling very like moved by Lilo and Stitch. <laughs> um, that being said, you know, animated, uh, but as a kid, I think I was just like, wow, you know, uh, it felt like a real kid character who it wasn't, you know, who lives in Hawaii, which I didn't even grow up in Hawaii, but, you know, it just felt like the closest thing. And then, you know, personality wise, it was like a fun kind of rowdy child. But, but then, I mean, you know, and we took what we can get. And I think looking back, it's like now they've just, they've decided, of course, that I think voice actors should be true to their characters. And I think that was a white actor and, you know, she's good, but, you know, wasn't a uh, Hawaiian voice actor at all. Um, but yeah, so I think that one maybe. You know, Max, what about you? What comes to uh, mind? Yeah, mine is very cliche. I think it's definitely Bruce Lee, Jackie Chan. Um, so when I was very young, um, my father introduced me to all the Bruce Lee films. And I remember especially um, this is one film, The Way of the Dragon, where he comes to Italy, Rome, and, you know, in order to help out this restaurant um, to be taken over by local triads and um yeah that movie it's kind of like i watch it every year because it's still entertaining until this day and um i sort of resonated to bruce lee right away um until today you know it, he, he has a lasting impact on even the way i'm thinking the way i'm moving like everything so um and i'm sure for for a lot of other Asian American or Asian in general too. Um, mm. Yeah, definitely Bruce Lee for me. And Desmond, what about you? I think um, uh, like like a, a lot of a lot of us even here, a lot of the guys here, we uh, came in through that martial arts angle. I mean, th that was all that existed for us. I sort of came in from a weird vector. I, I think I saw a lot of Stephen Chow films before I saw either Jackie Chan or Bruce Lee. But as, as Mike very, very succinctly put, it's all slices of a pie, right? It's all pieces of a puzzle. It's like, I'm very not Stephen Chow. And then uh, the other thing that I can think of is Mulan, but I'm also very not a, an amazing warrior woman. Um, and then bit by bit, these this little like ladder and staircase, things get put together and eventually, it, I think representation is is not a single indice, mm. right? It's, it's it. it it's an, it's an intersection of like multiple different things. And um, I think that tapestry has been woven over time uh, for me as, as we go on. Like every time I see a new piece of Asian media come out, I feel myself reflected in a more nuanced way. 
Uh, and, you know, speaking on that, the, the just the massive cultural differences that exist, not just from country to country or f among generations, but just in the lived in experiences, like someone that grew uh, an Asian American that grew up in L.A. versus Boston versus Florida. Like, it's just so vastly different that it can be difficult to sort of pinpoint that. But thankfully, because of a lot of the writers and the directors in charge of these projects, are from those lived ex experiences, they still come up as incredibly relatable, no matter how specific it may seem. Um, so I'm curious with each of your different backgrounds, um, what do you feel that Hollywood has gotten right and what have they gotten wrong? And Max, I'd love to start with you, uh, given that you also are of a German descent. So a lot of times myself, as someone who is of mixed uh, ethnicities, it can feel a little harder to, to sort of feel represented in those situations. Mm -hmm. An interesting question because I think the the time when you know Asian actors entered Hollywood was probably I guess around the 1990s or the 2000s when you know movies like um, uh, Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon um, flooded the market and uh, American filmmakers started to adapt from these kind of films and took over their knowledge and you know today we have um uh, an industry where for example martial arts which is something very asian you can see it everywhere you know in every animated movie every marvel movie there's martial arts so i think um over the time those things that were a bit more um exotic almost they today are very universal and very it's very globalized so um that's why I probably think uh, that, you know, nowadays uh, actors of Asian descent want to uh, get a chance to portray more, uh, you know, less stereotype roles, like uh, mm. just play a lead or play a doctor, whatever. In my case, I, because I love martial arts, it's actually okay for me to, to portray these kind of uh, um, characters. But um, I, I totally understand that um, there are other actors out there who maybe don't want to have to do anything with this kind of genre and they just want to make great films. So, um, yeah, I just hope that Hollywood understands that um, you don't have to uh, hire an Asian actor just to do Kung Fu, but because he can act. So no matter of the skin color, um, everyone should be given uh, the right to, you know, star and, um, and act. And, uh, Desmond, what do you think? Um, I mean, to, to, to Max's point, I think one thing that, um, I think one thing that directors and producers of color or any director or producer in a position of power who has also been part of an oppressed minority, I think one thing that they do get is that, verisimilitude is not discarding the old stereotypes it's including them in a wider picture right um because a lot of the time I, I i think in terms of things that i've seen gone wrong um a lot of uh directors who don't have that cultural experience are really scared of stereotypes you know they they really back off them in a in a way that almost makes it feel like they're putting too much importance on it, which then kind of defeats the whole purpose of <laughs> staying away from it. 
one thing that I do trust POC directors with more is understanding that particular nuance, I guess is probably a better way to put that. Um, you don't have to have these like long conversations or education about why um, this is okay and that's not okay. There's, there's sort of an inherent understanding there. Hmm. Um, and I think in terms of like the macro picture, what Hollywood is generally getting right is allowing more of these POC directors producers to do their stuff, you know, to take their swing, you know, let Adele Lim direct a film. Um, you know, she's not just a writer, let, let everyone do a bunch of different things and, and let and put them in a, in, a, in a position where they can make these calls and then apply their nuance. That's a really good point about the stereotypes that you just said, Desmond. I think like, um, it's always such a, I think it's been tough, you know, for people to understand the Asian American experience. It's just, you know, I, every, every experience is going to be complicated, right? It's just, uh, but even being a part of the community, I feel like I, you know, I don't know 99.9% of everybody's experience and it's such a diverse thing within itself. So I get that it's been like this sort of, you know, I think thinking about it in the sense of just like including folks who are of Asian descent as, you know, your POC person in there, like that can't be done either because clearly we, we're gonna be a different, uh, serve a different role than other POCs. So I think, yeah, so I think that's what's been maybe tough, especially with the efforts that have been made with like diversity now, I think um, maybe just the fact that, you know, sometimes we'll see roles maybe that like, I think this is not written for an Asian person, but they're trying to maybe be, make it diverse. And this feels a little forced. And, you know, hopefully as an actor, you can bring in your perspective, but um, sometimes, you know, it's already been written and things like that, right? So I think um, being more deliberate about it, I mean, all these things take so much time and more effort and energy and money, right? I think that's like what we're learning is um, even if you have the right intentions, it's gonna take a lot more than just hiring somebody and calling it a day or, you know, name a character a different last name or whatever and so I think um you know I think what now we're starting to get right is yeah being setting aside the time maybe to really um make sure that the the backgrounds of say Asian Americans say if you're gonna like incorporate that into your story if either you are Asian American or you want that to be and you're not you know, starting from the beginning, I think that's always the best thing rather than patching it up at the very end. So, you know, including it, of course, from the writing stage or, um, yeah, again, like hiring a director who would actually know that I think all those things have been like moving in the better direction in the way that we've talked about how like just Asian representation in general has been better. But like, I mean, I, I remember watching the Turning Red like documentary with um, Domi Shi and like just the fact that, you know, it's sort of from the start, it's her and like her production person too. And, and they're Asian American and they've kind of come from, you know, their perspectives and they've give, been given that uh, blank slate. I think that's very cool that just to see like a Pixar movie that I've been such a fan of Pixar from the start, start from them and end with them. And I think that's like, you know, you can't ask for more than that. Um, but yeah, so I think that sort of thing is, you know, seeing it as a holistic thing rather than sort of like putting a Band-Aid at the end to be like, hey, what if they're Chinese? <laughs> mm. I think we've all had, I think we've all heard situations where it's like, oh, Mark Stevenson, wonder what my name is going to be when I turn up. Ah, now it's Tran. <laughs> yeah. Like... <laughs> nice. <laughs> yeah. And uh, Mike, what are your thoughts? 
Um, man, I just, everyone said it. I resonate so hard with like what everyone said. I, I think that, uh, you know, Sierra was right about like, it's, it's hard to pin down what the Asian American experience is because it's, it's not monolithic. You know what I mean? Like I've had those experiences, like we all know what subtle Asian traits is, but like you go on there and it is like, yeah, I don't relate to like half these things. Cause that, like, there's no, you know, there's no such thing as like an Asian American, you know what I mean? Mm. Um, I, I think that Des really hit the nail on the head when he said like nuance, you know, I, I think that there's, it's not even about like, what has Hollywood gotten right? What's Hollywood gotten wrong? It's just about like expanding the the depth and the breadth of what we're seeing because, um, you know, like what Max was saying about like stereotypes, it's like, that's fine. There are Asian guys who like Kung Fu, that's fine. You know, those people exist, but it's also refreshing to see things that, you know, like I remember seeing Manny Jacinto in The Good Place and being like, oh my God, he's playing a fucking idiot. Am I allowed to curse? I don't know, I'm sorry, but it's like- You are, it's, it's fine. <laughs> so, It was so refreshing because one of those stereotypes is like, oh, all Asians are smart. And it was so nice to see him play just the dumbest dummy <laughs> on planet, or not even on planet, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, I love that so, and that's what I mean about like depth and breadth is just like, it's not like, oh, we've gotten this right, but you know, like we've, we need to work on this. It's more just like, I just wanna see Asian people playing everything we're allowed to be dumb and we're allowed to be smart and we're allowed to like kung fu and we're allowed to be like fat lazy slobs on the couch like it's sort of like we contain as much uh depth and as many multitudes as like anyone else and i think that that's i don't know it's like the framing of looking at it is like what have we gotten right what have we gotten wrong just feels like a little off to me because more just like what what haven't we seen yet what else can we mm. do you know and uh take, we're allowed to be dumb and frame it and put it on my wall <laughs> thank god <laughs> uh so mike with that i mean i'm curious uh what stories have not been told or that are not told enough are you all uh, hoping to see more of in the future oh man it's it's such a hard question to answer because it's hard to um enumerate so many things you know what I mean like it's easier to say like I know what I've seen a lot of and if I never saw another like tiger mom again I'd be okay you know what I mean but then <laughs> but then to list off like okay well, what kind of mom do you want to see it's like I don't know uh, like a disheveled mom a really busy mom you know like at like a, a PTA mom you know it's um I don't know it's yeah it's 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 hard to to specifically say like well we haven't seen enough of this and I want to see this because that's um, a little, a little like prescriptive about the, uh, the creative process. It's like, I want to be surprised. You know, I like, I loved the, the surprise of going into everything ever all at once and being like, I don't know what's about to happen. I don't know what's going to happen next, but whatever it is, I know I'm like in for, you know what I mean? And so I think that's, that's more just what I want is I want creators to step up and just be like, here's something that like, no one's ever thought, here's a crazy idea. No one's ever thought of before. And like, I don't know what that idea is, but I'm excited to see it. And uh, Max, I'm curious, what do you want to see uh, some more of in Hollywood? Um, I don't know. I think, uh, first of all, I, I have zero experience with the Asian American experience, like because I was born and grew up in Germany, so I don't call myself Asian American. However, mm -hmm. I feel like I can in some way relate because it might be um, kind of similar over here, but um Anyway, back to the question. Um, I think in order to understand where we're at right now, we kind of have to also understand our past. And I would wish to see a bit more um, stories being told um, about um, certain, uh, you know, certain 
uh, times and um, things that happened, like, for example, you know, the, the big uh, uh, Chinese Exclusion Act in, uh, when was it, 1882 or something like that? Um, you know, when, when Chinese um, came over to America and helped build the country, um, that is something that rarely anyone in the, you know, film industry talks about or writes about. And I would like to see those kind of things. Or um, the, um, I mean, we also um, have to kind of understand where the, most of the problems come from with uh, racism, for example, is because of, uh, you know, back then the colonization of the British empire in China, let's say, and then occupation of Hong Kong, um, leading to the boxer movement in 1900 and all, all, all there's like so much history that uh, has been going on, which um, a lot of people don't know about. Like for example, we in Germany, we never studied anything about that. Um, <clears throat> just learned uh, German history basically. So I'd love to see more of that. Um, those topics being revealed because I think they deserve more uh, attention. Uh, Desmond, what about you? What do you want to see some more of? Um, man, uh, I mean, so those were such great answers. There's, there's not a lot of ground left to cover. So, so uh, in absence of in absence of the smart answer, I'll go with enlightened self-interest and say space cowboys. I want to see more Asian <laughs> space cowboys, oh, and yeah. I want them to be me. So, <laughs> no, no, no. I mean, I, I think, I think, honestly, the the historical answer is is a really good one because um, there's it's such a there's such a rich history. Everything that you just mentioned, Max, like there's hundreds of stories folded into every single you know historical event that you you mentioned, and that's only a few of them. Um, and I think. I mean, just, just how cool would it be to see a period drama set in like the golden age of Hong Kong film and like like the, the backlot studios kind of deals and wheels and deals that went on in, in that city in that era? How cool would that be? You know, and that's just that's just that's just a year. That's just a decade in history. There's so much more. And Sierra, what about you? Yeah, I mean, those are all awesome. All all like put the twist of I think like because I'm a, I come from comedy. I love, I love to see more comedy, you know, um, whether, you know, it could be these historical pieces with a comedic thing with it. That would be fun. I just think it's a fun way to like loop people in who maybe, you know, maybe wouldn't normally watch something like that and they'll learn something, but they'll get to laugh. Um, I also found, <laughs> I also am finding that, okay, on TikTok, there's just such great representation. Like if I were like a young teen, um, <laughs> And I was able to, you know, scroll on TikTok. I think what's fun is like, you see, you know, maybe in the past it was getting your representation from TV shows um, and seeing like, oh, an Asian can be X or Y. Um, but man, I think what's cool is like seeing also more like reality TV or just like real people um, that are Asian American and maybe they're doing something kind of wacky that we wouldn't necessarily do. But I do like, I, I feel like I find you know, young Asian Americans on TikTok who are like expressing whatever is going on in their life and being flawed and being vulnerable. And that's been inspiring. So maybe something with that on TV. Um, I mean, I watched the, the what is it? House of Ho, that was fun. 
uh <laughs> all those are great <laughs> building empire <laughs> building empire yeah um so i'd love to get into some of your individual projects so um Desmond, with you and in the show with Love, we're seeing an um, an Asian character as a romantic lead, which we have not seen much of uh, in the past. Um, I mean, recent memory is only with Henry Golding, and uh, of course in Crazy Rich Asians. So, what was that experience like for you, getting to sort of take on that role for the show? Um, I have to I have to give a shout out as well. It's not just one; there's two Asians being romantic. Leads and Vincent Rodriguez as well. Yeah, <laughs> it's uh, Vince is doing his thing. Um, that that he's the nicest man I've ever met. Like genuinely pure, great, great, great guy. It, it feels, it feels, okay. It feels at once extremely like, oh my God, like what's going on? Like these the people care about my story and like and Gloria is such an amazing boss and showrunner. She really takes the time to sit and talk with us about how we're personally feeling about each and everything that she writes. Um, and she's more than willing to, you know, take my experience on, um, and put it into the writing, which again loops me all the way back around into POC, trust POC with POC projects, you know, um, and POC point of view. Um, she's not an agent, but she's very, very, she's very, very sensitive. And the other side of that coin is that it just feels normal as well. Like, you know, you're running scenes the same way that you ran them back in classes or whatever, or the first time you did like self-tapes with your with your mates. And those that that just feels like the workaday stuff almost so coming in and doing it on a set felt so incredibly like normal and i think that is such an important thing to register it's like and yes it should be normal right because these are things that people in our industry do um somewhere in the world someone is shooting a part where they are a romantic partner and um and that was, that was a really, uh, I think that was a really important feeling for me to realize like, hey, this feels right. Mm -hmm. And that's okay. There's nothing, there, there doesn't need, need to, there almost doesn't need to be like a hoopla about it where I make it a bigger thing in my head. It's like, no, this is normal. Great. Let's proceed. At the time, don't feel like you're representing everyone. You're not like carrying the the banner, so to speak, because so many times yeah. in projects, um, like different projects in the past, like at least with... Um, with one of my favorite films of last year in the heights there was a lot of um sort of like i don't see myself represented in this project well it's not trying to be the blanket representation for everyone yeah. so it's great that you sort of felt that normalcy with that role you didn't feel the pressure like i'm representing all asian men who want to be the romantic lead you're like nope he's just being himself you know yeah. and you can't you can't act from a thesis right uh that's not a good foundation to start from so uh, your point it's it's we are a multitude we are legion in mm -hmm. a sierra with um the sex lives of college girls you know captures this whole other side of um so much of these sort of like young adult comedies uh, that we've seen over the years in tv and in film and despite the many cultural differences between each character uh, of the ensemble cast they're all still so relatable we were talking about sort of that um despite experiences being specific it's still everyone is still relatable to the audience in some way. So what can you um, share about that experience on the show? Oh, yeah. Yeah, I feel like everyone I've talked to, you know, I mean, I, I guess a lot of friends who maybe went to college, right? There's certainly this like, oh, I feel like they copied exactly my experience. Um, and I think it's lent well from 
a huge, you know, a really awesome ensemble cast and like the leads being four very different experiences of college and different girls and them bringing their own like hilarious perspectives to that. So there's sort of like something for everyone in certain ways. Um, but I think what's, yeah, and I remember going on and I mean, look, I, I have to admit that like I, I had like the exact experience of my character in some ways because she was in a humor magazine uh, in, in uh, college and I was in like the Lampoon, which is like a humor magazine. And we had the whole, you know, being like taking it, taking ourselves very seriously, even though we're all like 19 years old. Um, so I think what was hilarious was going on set and seeing like a lot of the background actors or even just, you know, other actors who are in that being like, that looks like my friend so-and-so. Like, they, like it's as if they went through and they picked exactly the dude that makes, you know, that makes those jokes about being too, too cool for everybody. Um, you know, so I think there's definitely a lot of like, uh, you know, it was fun to kind of relive that. Of course, I also joke that it's like triggerings and like, you know, it's a little too close to home. Don't want to relive college that closely, but, uh, <laughs> yeah, I think it's, it was very fun. And I think to also kind of like reclaim those parts where it's like, oh, cool. If this had happened, hopefully I would have behaved in a, you know, in a good way or stood up for my friend or whatever. So I think that was also very empowering. That's awesome. Um, so unfortunately, we are running close to the end of our time. Um, so we're going to wrap up with our last couple of questions. Um, if you were able to have sort of a back to the future moment and go back and tell your 13 year old self that you'd made it this far in your career, do you think that they'd believe you? And also with that, what advice would you give that 13 year old you? Um, yes, I think um, my 13 year old self would have believed that where I'm now is attainable, it's possible to be there. Um, it, personally speaking, it has always been my dream to become an actor, to not necessarily enter Hollywood, but to, to make films and um, you know, make a living as an actor. Um, I think if we're talking about Asian kids or people in general, as a 13 year old, I would tell myself that um, you don't have to prove to yourself to be equal to others, you know? There's, there's a lot of things you can prove in life, like becoming a good athlete or becoming a great actor, but you don't have to prove to uh, just be equally accepted like anyone else. So um, uh, that's a human right. And uh, yeah, just um, uh, have that confidence within you. I think that's the advice I would give. And uh, Mike, what about you? Um, okay. Would my 13 year old self believe me? I, I think so, but only because I think I was, uh, like really cocky when I was 13 and that, like, I think <laughs> it has nothing to do with like any other factors other than just like, I was kind of a jerk. Um, but yeah, I, I think, uh, the, the more interesting thing is, uh, you know, like what advice would you give? And this is such a, this is such a downer of an answer, but like the first, my immediate answer in my head was like, go to NYU that, that it's like, <laughs> I, I think that, um, you know, like it's it's like an open secret that it's like, yeah, Hollywood is is just like built on like uh, privilege and nepotism, and it's like you kind of have to be born into those things. But uh, if you're not born if you're not born white, one of the ways you can buy into that is if you go to NYU, USC, or uh, or you know, like Sierra, do the Harvard Lampoon. And I think that when I was 13, I had like, I like I kind of knew that entertainment was a career option. I didn't know if it was 100% what I wanted to do. Um, 
but I, that's right before high school. So I, over the next four years, that idea would have crystallized, but I didn't know sort of like what the next steps were. I didn't know where I wanted to go to college. I didn't know what I wanted to study, how to do it. Um, so I kind of just made like a random decision and like, I don't really regret that, but I do think that like, like now this is like 32 year old Mike visiting 13 year old Mike, like we're successful now. But I think that it could have been like 24 year old Mike coming back and being like, we're successful in a shorter amount of time if you just go to NYU. Um, <laughs> so that's a really uh, 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 dumb answer, but that is the honest truth. <laughs> and Sierra, uh, what 13 year old do you believe you and what would you tell them? Um, I mean, I, I, I guess I would believe me. Um, I think I wouldn't do, I, I wasn't, yeah, I probably at that point wasn't thinking I would have thought I was going to be in tech, you know? So I think <laughs> that would be weird. Be like, Oh, we're not, we're not making that much money. <laughs> um, but yeah, I think, you know, it would be, uh, yeah. What would I tell her? I mean, I think a lot of it is like a lot of why I went into all this is because I felt like I wasn't being, you know, fully myself because I kind of maybe was hiding behind my, pursuits and computers and, and being, you know, a little shyer and things like that. And I knew I had this in me in the sense of like branching out a little bit more, trying something new. So I would tell her to go for that. Or, um, I guess eventually I did, but, you know, maybe being a little bit more, um, believing in myself a little bit more, you know, I think that's still something I, yeah, we got to hear from time to time is like, yeah, got, you know, it's cliche, but, believe in yourself and you know it's not as cringe as you think <laughs> um so yeah i think those things and desmond what would you say um i my 13 year old self would not believe me my 13 year old self was cynical as hell man like some <laughs> freaking my, my, my advice would be don't be so cynical dude stop <laughs> listening to emo music like the world's not all bad like good people win sometimes just chill um <laughs> honestly that would be the succinct thing is like get out of your own ass mate you gotta you gotta really like see the good in the world um yeah yeah that, that would pretty much be it awesome well everyone thank you so much desmond mike sierra uh max everyone thank you so much for joining us on the show today uh if folks want to give you all a follow on instagram where can they find you uh i'm just my name i'm at mike Cabalon. Yeah, I'm the same. I'm at Mike Kaplan. No, I'm at uh, Sierra Pato. <laughs> I'm uh, Max Huang official, I think. Yeah. Uh, and I'm Des Chum. Awesome. And you can all follow us at MediaVillage.com on Instagram. Head over to MediaVillage.com for all of our reviews, interviews, podcasts, and more. I'm Juan Ayala, and you're listening to Multicultural TV Talk.